take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Ryan's out, Trista, Nick in tonight. 67-51, magic over the Raptors now. Minute 12 to go in the first half. Pacers up one in the first quarter over the Hawks. He got a 25-22 lead for the Cavs over the Sixers. In-season tournament every Tuesday and every Friday night. It's becoming a tradition, the ist. Little by little, it's starting to creep in. I like it. Yeah, man, I'm excited, dude. I thought I was going to hate it, the IST. And I kind of am feeling it. I'm feeling it. I feel like betting, betting props in the IST is a lot easier to understand their motivations. I kind of wish the IST went on longer. Like another it, one. I'd like another one post All Star break. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just this, yeah, just one. So we have, you have the first one, you have the second one, and then the real NBA title that you're going to play for yeah, after that. Exactly. So every game Keep is meaningful. All the games meaningful. But you're right, though. I think that because that how many times have we gotten screwed when it comes to the props market in an yeah. NBA game on a Tuesday night that ends up being a blowout? Exactly. It's the worst. So now because you actually have point and don't think for one second the NBA didn't think about that point differential yep. making that important. That helps in the standings, and that makes sure that teams will keep their starters out there late. The NBA knows that betting is a big deal. They're all in on it, and they're smart. And I absolutely love that they try new things, and I think this is going to stick just like the play-in tournament stuck, too. All right, we bring on Joe Delera, NBA bet, host of Cash That Podcast as well. What are your early thoughts on the uh, in-season tournament in the NBA? Two fans sitting right here. Are you a fan of it, too? Yeah, I I actually kind of like it. I think that it's fun to have something that seems competitive, at least early in the season. Aside from the red courts, the blue courts are a lot better than the red courts. But aside from that, uh, I I kind of like the product and I think it's a lot more fun. And it's a little bit easier because I think that most of the star players are generally playing on those tournament nights. So like even if they are doing some load management, it's been a little bit less on like those Tuesdays and Friday games. What about player props or what kind of betting angles do you look at for in-season tournament betting? Because teams like the Indiana Pacers, for example, teams that like maybe not quite contenders, but they certainly want to contend for an in-season tournament trophy or cup feels like something that I've been looking at. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these teams that are like fringe or, you know, maybe they're not like title contenders, but if they can get hot, like, or, you know, just in a little bit of a stretch, those are teams that you definitely have to watch out for, especially a team like the Pacers, like you mentioned, that has such a dynamic offense, like on any given night, they can put up 150. And that's like not something that all of these NBA teams can do. And I think that that's something where if you can kind of catch lightning in a bottle, one of these underdog teams can kind of really make it through. And I think we're starting to see that because if Indiana wins tonight, they win their group, they move through. What is the upside for this Pacers team? Uh, Beyond, obviously, in-season tournament, but big picture, full season for them. Coming into this year, I looked at them, Joe, and said, you know, that's they're kind of on the Thunder's level. Maybe not as talented as the Thunder, but like taking that next step where it's like maybe the season will be done and they won't be in the play-in tournament. They'll be like a sixth seed. I kind of feel like the Pacers actually obviously do sit in the sixth seed right now. To me, it kind of feels like that team that's on the rise, especially led by Tyrese Halliburton, who is absolutely incredible. What do you see for their ceiling? I love Albert, and I think he's one of the best players in the NBA right now, especially at the point guard position. And I think that their ceiling is basically as far as he can take them. And we'll see if Indiana wants to, you know, make a move at the deadline. They obviously have some pieces that I think could be movable. They have some assets. Uh, they're definitely a team that I think will make the playoffs. Um, I think that whether or not they 
have to be in the play-in or not, I don't see them falling out of the eight spot. So then, you know, you kind of get two cracks at the apple there. So I think that Indiana is really, really good. And I think that management hasn't really wanted to tank the last couple of seasons. And then they kind of decided, you know, Halliburton got hurt towards the end of last year. They were like, let's pack it in. Let's get another draft pick. And then we'll kind of reassess. But I wouldn't be surprised to see if they kind of move some pieces, try to make a move and see what this team can do, because you do have such a dynamic young point guard in Tyrese Halliburton. Another team that's been very fun, exciting, uh, another up and coming team is the Orlando Magic. I ended up taking them plus 800 to win the division, which is, you know, a strange little niche bet. I put that with the Kings together, 70 to 1, Joe. <laughs> and we are already getting cash out options from the King of Sportsbooks. So you know we got them <laughs> on the ropes early on in the season. I was, I was really curious that they didn't move on from Jalen Suggs or Cole Anthony uh, or Mar- Markel Fultz. And then they drafted two guards. And now we're seeing Jalen Suggs be actually one of the more premier two-way point guards in the league. What are you seeing from Orlando? What are you seeing from him and the guard play? Orlando's legit, honestly. Uh, I love that bet for you. I'm really happy that you have that because I was big on fading the Miami Heat to start the season. And like I felt like they were going to have a down year. So I think that even at the current number, you know, plus 350, there's probably a little bit of value there. 800 is amazing. Um, but I think that you're seeing a lot of like a lot of young talent kind of improving. And then Orlando, they're so deep. They're kind of able to decide it's like, all right, well, like, this guy developed like let's use him more um, and see what they can bring out on the table and like Suggs has looked really really good defensively and that's kind of translated for the entire Magic team on the defensive front they're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that their personnel is like pretty switchable and they're a lot of they're able to play a lot of different defensive schemes and that's been amazing for them so in this division it's relatively weak that I think that eight to one ticket looks really really good right now I just watched Obi Toppin throw down one of the nastiest dunks I've seen this season. If you saw my face, if you're watching any of our streams, that's why I freaked out like that. My God. Uh, So the Milwaukee Bucks have won five straight now. We know that they're not great defensively still, but it kind of feels like Dame and Giannis are starting to figure this thing out. And look, it's two stars. You expect there to be some growing pains. I mean, I'm looking at the last few games for Giannis. 54 points, 35, 35, only 16 against Charlotte because they beat him by 31, another 40, and then 42 against the Wizards. That's really the way everybody scores a lot of points against the Wizards. But when you watch the Bucks now, do you see a team that we're maybe a little bit more comfortable with, at least offensively and chemistry-wise with those two? Oh, absolutely. I think the big thing that I've noticed, right, is both of their assists have actually gone up. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're kind of learning to play off of each other, as opposed to saying like, all right, you have the ball, it's your turn to be the star on offense this possession. And then it's like, all right, I have the ball now, it's my turn to be the star on offense. And I think that makes a huge difference. Um, And over the past couple of games, we've seen both Giannis and Dame have many more assists. Even Giannis had eight in his last game against the Wizards. Uh, and his line's been around like four and a half, five and a half. So I think that there's a little bit of teeth there. There's a little bit of options there for betting on Giannis' assists moving forward. But what you've noticed is that teams are collapsing on Giannis in the paint. And they're leaving Dame open, like just one pass away, which is stunning. It's a crazy move. And I think that now that they've seen a little bit more of that tape and Giannis knows that Dame is there and he knows that he's such a reliable shooter, we're going to see a little bit more assists. We're going to be seeing a lot more fluid ball movement on the offensive side from the Milwaukee Bucks. So I think the offense is kind of starting to come together as we thought it was going to. 
Now, on that other side of things, I mean, taking team total over team totals for teams that are playing the Bucks kind of feels like a good bet, like the Wizards and, well, the Pacers, too. The, the Bucks are allowing almost 118 points a game. Do you think that they're going to be on the market at some point looking to do whatever it is they can to improve that on the defensive side? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the name that's floating around now is obviously Alex Caruso, right? But yeah. I don't know what he's going to command. Like, it sounds like he is going to command multiple picks, uh, multiple assets. And I don't really know what Milwaukee has left to go and, kind of go and get a guy like Alex Caruso. But Caruso is one of those guys that's so good uh, defensively and doesn't have an offensive hole in his game that I think that he's going to be one of those players that's like, oh, if he goes to a Milwaukee, if he goes to a Denver, it's like, are they immediately title favorites uh, once again just by adding that type of player so it wouldn't surprise me to see Milwaukee try to get at least get in on it um, but or try to get like some other type of point of attack defense to throw on the perimeter the Memphis Grizzlies I think Joe have the worst roster in the NBA not gonna lie to you it's like <laughs> a hospital bad. wing over there you you know when you are worried because Jake LaRavia has gone down for oh, three God. weeks you it's really bad when John Conkar John Conchar is is starting games for you. David Roddy is starting games for you. I mean, it's an abysmal situation, obviously. They're probably going to be like 6-19 by the time that Jaw comes back. But in terms of against the spread, in terms of totals, it's really quite 50-50. against the spread, 6-7 and seven, uh, to the under. How do you bet the Memphis Grizzlies, or do you? I try to not, honestly. Um, they're, they've been so <laughs> brutal. They've just been so brutal. And I think the thing is, like, they have enough dudes, like, out there that are trying, right? Um, and I think that it's hard to quantify, like, just how bad or good they are. But I think the problem, the one thing, at least in terms of against the spread betting, you know, like, we look at that as betters, or a lot of people, like, or recreational betters, they look at me like, the Grizzlies stink. Like, they're not covering this. But it's like, that's why they set the lines the way that they do. They're trying to generate action in such a way um, that, you know, they have enough there to not get, like, their doors totally blown out because Desmond Bain's really good. Obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr. is also really good. You have some good shooting from Luke Kennard. So they're never going to be, like, totally, totally out of it. But it's it's still a tough spot for them. I mean, I, I try to not bet them, to be honest with you. I just think that they're, they're, they're really struggling to start the season. Well, that means you don't like to suffer, and that's a smart thing. We keep trying to tell Ryan to stop betting on the Wizards, and he keeps doing it, and then he suffers all the time, and I keep saying that you just like pain, and you might as well go find a dominatrix to do that because it would be a lot easier than having to deal with betting on the Wizards. Talking to Joe Dallara, BetMGM tonight. Uh, the Clippers now won a couple games in a row here. It was fade the Clippers every single night when James Harden first got there, but now it sort of feels like, okay, like the Bucks, They've maybe figured this thing out a little bit. Do you see a Clippers team now that we don't just look at as an automatic fade? No, yeah, I think that you're right. Uh, I think that having Westbrook off the bench, it, it's kind of one of those things. It's It's been rough, I think, personally. I, I'm imagining for Russ, right? You know, he plays so well, like the starting unit, unit looks good, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to play off the bench. But I think that realistically, that's kind of what they needed to do, and that's what made Russ so good um, in the past couple of seasons is like when he did come off the bench, he's an engine, and he at least provides you with some sort of consistent floor on the offensive side. Um, I think that from the other side now, it kind of gives hardened a little bit more room to operate and you don't have Westbrook trying to shoot like spot up threes on the perimeter because Harden's driving kicking so I think that they're definitely a lot better with making that you know kind of personnel move um, but I think that moving forward it's they still definitely have some things to work out but at least with this it looks like they have a, at least a plan of action 
What about the Charlotte Hornets? LaMelo Ball has been sliding under the radar defensively for whatever reason. Their starting five seem to all get steals. Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward, Mark Williams, LaMelo Ball, they all are very, very consistent in that way. Have you looked at anything? I know this is a very random question, but do you bet the Charlotte Hornets at all? Like, Do you have any other uh, ways to attack them? I mean, look, they, they play at the, te- at the ninth fastest pace in the league, and their defense and offense are both in the bottom five or six, right? So I think the way that I try to look at the Hornets is I look at them as one of those teams where LaMelo just kind of always gets what he wants. Like, he he's going to go out there, he's going to score, he's going to, you know, he puts up his shots, he's always going to have the ball in his hands. So if I'm back in the Hornets, I'm usually looking at some sort of angle to probably back LaMelo. Um, and I think that if I'm playing another team against them, I think that LaMelo can kind of be sloppy with the basketball a couple times or a little bit. So I'm looking to t- kind of take what, like, you know, some of the opposing guards against him. I still don't think he's totally, totally right in terms of the way that he moves after that ankle surgery. You know, he, he kind of even said, like, when I was watching some of the film, the way that he's spotting up to shoot the basketball isn't the same. So he's still been really good and really consistent. But I think that there's a little bit of uh, like an avenue to bet against them, at least with guards on the offensive side, because the rebounding has actually been pretty good for them with Mark Williams on the interior. Joe, if I had to set a date for you, and I'm going to throw a random date out, I'm going to say January 15th, and I had to tell you that that would be the first day that we would see all three of the big three for the Phoenix Suns actually playing. Do you think that it's going to take that long, or will it happen before then? Because it just has this inevitable feel of, oh, yeah, Bradley Beal's just kidding. He's not going to play tonight. Oh, Devin Booker's fully held. Just kidding. He tweaked his ankle. It just, it's, it's like they're teasing us game after game after game. It's it's absolutely insane. I mean, I think January 15th is a fair day because I guess it kind of says, well, we're not going to have them on Christmas and then maybe we'll have them before the Martin Luther King uh, Day slate. So that's always a big slate. So maybe I think you set a pretty good line there with the January 15th. There you go. It it does seem to be a scenario where I'm concerned just for their like on-court chemistry, right? Um, and just to see how that kind of all plays out together. I, I want to see them play together. It's, it's going to be really exciting, I think, but it's it's really rough when you have a lot of guys that are often injured between, you know, between Booker and Durant and obviously Bradley Beal and then Nurk as well. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm excited to see them on the court at some point together, you know? I mean, we got to see it in the preseason. I'll tell you, I mean, having been in D.C. and covered the Wizards, I've seen plenty of Bradley Beal. I can tell you he's going to miss a lot of games. I just didn't expect it to be this bad, Joe. So it is what it is. Maybe one day we'll get to see them all out there. These games are supposed to mean something. We're not supposed to be resting, guys. Uh, Whatever, Bradley Beal gets hurt. Joe DeLera, always good to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, it was a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Joe. One day, Trista, one day, I dream to see all three of the Suns' big three out there on the court together and playing well with a little bit of chemistry. Maybe an all-star break. (laughs) I mean, that's really what it does feel like at this point. I don't know. Nobody should be surprised. The thing that I'm the most concerned about is Kevin Durant just wearing down, playing too many minutes. You got to get the whole point was so he didn't have to play 40 minutes a night. NFL Power Rankings start next. It's BetMGM Tonight.